There you go. Hello, everybody. It's Marilyn Harris here of Hard Act Work, and I'm your host today for the Create the Impactful Legacy and podcast. And um, I am so happy to have Lawrence on the call with me today. And uh, I'm going to let him do most of the talking. I'll be quiet. And uh, we're going to have some great conversation, actually, about what he does and how he helps people. And uh, so, Lawrence, welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Marilyn, for having me on today. I'm excited and pumped to have this conversation where I'm going to be doing most of the talking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I am Lawrence Henderson, and I am the, I call myself the Chief Learning Officer for Business Operational Support Services, LLC, aka BOSS. So you see that in the background, uh, you hear that. But how I got started with the work that I do, I am a former Army officer. And I have been out a little over five years. Uh, and once I've transitioned out, like most people that are in life transitions uh, and you're on to that next thing, uh, I had this grandiose idea that I was going to get into HR. Yep. <laughs> uh, but I had, had no clue what that meant on this side of life. Uh, in the military, it's jack of all trades, master of none. But on this <laughs> side, people were trying to box me in or put me in a corner of, all right, are you doing yeah. comedy? you're doing payroll, you're doing, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but I had this uh, love for development of people. Uh, and so that led me down the path of being a trainer, coach, and uh, facilitator, um, speaker. And now uh, that's what I do. Those are my buckets, speaking, facilitating, and, and coaching. Um, mm -hmm. And I love what I do. And people always ask, what's your niche? Uh, so my, my, small area of focus. I, I really do organizational development and organizational leadership work. Um, so much so I've taken on the life journey of getting my PhD um, mm -hmm. in organizational leadership. Uh, and so this truly is a life work for me um, and something I'm a student of helping people become better versions of themselves. And so mm -hmm. I always tell people I'm, I'm my first client. Yeah. Uh, and so constantly <laughs> working through things. Yeah. Yeah. It never ends. Never. <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit to tell our audience a little bit mm -hmm. about um, some of your obstacles you find that your clients yeah. face and some of the challenges mm -hmm. that you're running into. Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things in, in the leadership has become one of those cliche or t-shirt words mm -hmm. um, over the past several years. But the place that I come from leadership is from the development side of the house. And one author um, slash professor that uh, I really absorb all, all of their work is uh, Barbara Kellerman. And she's done over her years of her dissertation as a faculty member around leadership and the going through the life of being experienced and developing whether you get getting that education, getting that training, but then doing something with that material right. and really developing through practice and getting mm -hmm. reps. And, and coming from the military, I always tell people, my first leadership school before I ever had a soldier underneath me, uh, my first leadership school was 16 weeks mm -hmm. and where we went to tactical, technical, and we learned the facets of what it means to be a frontline leader. Um, and then my next course after that, I did three years as an officer, got promoted to captain. Then I need to go to this captain's course. That course was six months. And so it was more of the tactics, techniques, procedures. But then what does it mean to begin to build the muscle of leadership? Mm -hmm. um, and then one of the last schools I had was even longer. 
Um, but it was constant practice, constant reps. And I always, uh, I have a, a saying now that I repeat, um, don't know who said it, but I'm glad they did. But <laughs> practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. Um, and, and one thing that I, I love is building in a muscle because what you, once you make something muscle memory, it's, you can use it. It's available to you no matter the situation. Um, and I liken it to what we had to build ourselves up for, for a combat. Um, and I know that's dramatic and it's grand, but I think back to being a 24 year old in my first deployment into Iraq and being able to react to contact and conflict and explosions and all the rest of that, if I wouldn't, have, if we wouldn't have front loaded the work in the muscle memory of what do you do? How do you react to fire? How do you react to contact? I wouldn't have been in a position to be prepared to react when in the actual moment. Right. Um, and that's what I say about leadership is, are you, how are you getting your reps? Are you practicing? And again, once you're, and then getting feedback, right? It's uh, right. we have, what we call an after action review process where once we go through something, okay, we sit everybody down. This isn't the bash, the, the, the mission session. This is literally you come to work with three sustains. What do we do? Well, but then, okay, come with uh, one through three improves, but how you build that muscle of becoming the next person in line is come with what you would do to fix it. Don't just identify problems. That's easy, right? Just throwing yeah. spitballs is easy, but identify something as a potential issue, but what would you do to correct it? And so that way we could begin to have a two-way dialogue of how we move forward together and yeah. how do we build a language of an organization together. So um, yeah, that's, I, I love, 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 love what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So um, can you share a success story or something that you worked in a client that you have had and, um, it was really a good turnaround for you or yeah. experience for you. Yeah. So, so I'll use a super, super current, uh, event. So over the past uh, month or so, we have been challenged here in the U S um, right. with the way of the world. And, mm -hmm. and one thing that's becoming and floating to the top I say is character and organizations are, are taking a stance. Um, some for a first time, some in a louder stance. Mm -hmm. um, and I worked with a, a, a local tech company who wanted to continue to do work around diversity and inclusion. Well, coming from where I come from, I understand that to have a truly fruitful conversation, we have to be prepared to include everybody in the conversation before we can ever get diverse in mm -hmm. the way that we approach situations are we signing up to be inclusive of everybody's ideas? And, and once you work yourself through that, then we could see, all right, are we differing from backgrounds, religion, right? All of that stuff can come into play. Right. If we can't even settle in on, are we going to have an inclusive conversation? Um, then there's, there's no place to start. And one thing that I did for this organization, we had a really, really good open dialogue and it started with a small group of leaders first where, they, it was uncomfortable, but necessary. Mm -hmm. And, and that were, that was kind of the collective message from them. Like mm -hmm. it was uncomfortable, but it's necessary. And they were, they were even more excited for the large group discussion that we were going to have. Um, because it was like, okay, he's, he's the right speaker, right? He's the, he's the right speaker for us. And, um, and I was excited about taking them through that work because I say to people, um, I live, 
uh, through my values. I lead through my values and my values set my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're my foundation. And again, I'm my first client and I've had to call myself out on when my values don't serve me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I don't believe they serve what I believe I was put here to do. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I, that's where I draw my line, my, my values and, um, no judgment. Um, on anybody, I receive everyone. Um, but when it comes to whether or not I'm going to say yes to an opportunity or no to an opportunity, mm -hmm. um, it has it has to pass my questions that I've developed from my values. Right, right. So after working with this leadership group, what did you guys decide to do? So we uh, we kicked off the session. So we mm -hmm. had a full blown company uh, inclusion conversation mm -hmm. um, where it went through the phases of what's next and how will they move forward and so having some future focused conversations um the talk went really really well um and uh how i know it went well because you had several uh associates ready to engage in the chat box so i, I pushed them early and often yeah. so, hey <laughs> if, if you hear something good put it in chat box and yeah. they were they were loading it up so it was firing the entire session um it was super high packed uh, 50 minutes flew by, um, mm -hmm. but it was, it was, I, I enjoyed it because mm -hmm. the people, they were in it. They were in it. They were like, yeah, this it's, it's uncomfortable. It's necessary. So they were echoing the small group session. Um, and I, one big thing I say around conversations, particularly around leadership and how an organization is going to move forward. Um, just the reframing, uh, in the cognitive associations people have with, the way they experience words. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I've been hearing a lot is these are difficult. These are tough. Mm -hmm. um, but I believe they're all necessary. Mm -hmm. And when I say necessary, people, you're right. You're right. And there's a different feeling and a different emotion that mm -hmm. attaches to the word necessary. Mm -hmm. And and versus it's going to be tough. Like, yeah, you're right. It's going to be, oh my gosh. And all that icky stuff, anxiety, emotion come like, mm -hmm. oh God. And people begin to hedge and begin to be defensive or believe because it's a difficult or tough conversation, what's going to come out of my mouth potentially has the opportunity to harm if I take mm -hmm. it that way. Mm -hmm. But if we're having, if we're all signing up for necessary conversations, we're more curious than confrontational. Right. Is what I like to say. Right. So um, I would guess that um, in those necessary conversations that there's a lot of, um, it, do you find that there's a lot of uh, upset or that type of thing that's going on? Um, not so much upset, but I really believe it starts from that place of anxiety mm. um, around uh, unresolved and I say unconscious, um, mm -hmm. things that they haven't dealt with. Um, and, and one of the coaching uh, modalities that I've, I've gone through calls, you know, the little gremlins, mm -hmm. um, and depending on all of the stuff that you've lived through, mm -hmm. uh, when we're encountered everyday life, all that comes with you. Right. right. I, I used to be, I used to sign up for that, that crowd that said, Oh, you, you can compartmentalize and, and, you know, you need to show up to work to do, do your job. Right. Well, after it happened a couple of times to me where I got in an argument with my wife or she sent me a crazy text and I had to go into a meeting that I was leading and people were like, you okay? 
I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Like, <laughs> sure, you okay? <laughs> and it was like, it was like yeah. something happened. Did we do something? No, nobody did anything. And yeah. like, uh, are you sure nobody did? And so I think I, then I was like, all right, there's something to that. And I began again. I began to do the work myself. And right. as I began to be an observer of people and mm-hmm. began to speak the language of people and began to, the thing called love languages and how do people like to be engaged and interacted with became a real leadership kind of quality for me that I, I wanted to track down so I can, I it had it said this way, uh, John Maxwell is like, if you're, if, uh, if nobody's following you, you're, you're taking a walk. Uh, and so that generally happens when people stop believing in you, they stop coming to you mm-hmm. because they they don't trust that you have their best interests at heart or you're a person that's going to help them feel seen, uh, heard, and valued. Um, right. And for me, I wanted to make sure that I modeled what that looked like. Right, right. Yeah, because, you know, all, like you say, are unconscious enough stuff and, you know, things we're not aware of follow us wherever we go, right? Even when we're going into a group to train them or educate them or whatever it is that we decide to do is that, you know, that shows up. And so like you were saying, the the guys were saying, are you sure you're okay? Oh yeah, yeah, I'm big man, I can do it. (laughs) You know, and rather than just saying, you know, I'm sorry, I have a personal issue I have to look after, but I'm here to look after you. So that lets us do you first and I can deal with myself later and they might have just said hey we'll take five five ten minutes and deal with it so you could be present because otherwise you're not present right not at all not at all and 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 i love that point right of it's just now and i don't know if as you interact with people and clients Mm -hmm. and different things like that the world has just now made it safe to say i'm not okay yeah right and and it's really around as you're seeing pro athletes, as you're seeing professionals and environments that are more and more talking about seeking therapy, seeking counseling, um, whether that's in relationships or just personally um, it's we, because there was a stigma associated with, I mean, as a, as a veteran, I recall my first coming back from my first deployment and I recall them sending us all called it reintegration training. Right. And this is 2005, um, 2006. And we're in this big tent, about 400 of us. And the chaplain's up front. If is everybody okay? If anybody's not okay, let like, Eric, like raise your hand. And mm-hmm. we're like, are you like, is this a joke? Like you, you, we're, we're <laughs> a combat unit, <laughs> right? We're, it's a combat unit. And you're like, sign up for everybody to laugh and say, and call you, you know, what say what you're not. And you're not a tough guy and you're not American hero. And yeah. uh, you're going you're gonna to cry. And then next thing you know, three, four months later, when the, the army did probably the best thing they ever could, it was this direct commissioning program on the medical side where they were going out and they were getting doctors and psychiatrists and psychologists and sociologists and they were direct commissioning them to the rank of captain or first lieutenant. And they were bringing them into our hospitals because you had combat so- or soldiers in general, because the battle just wasn't a front facing battle. The battle was right. 360 degree. And so now females 360 degree on a convoy mission, driving trucks and different things. And 
everybody was having issues and we needed help. And mm -hmm. so for the first time you had soldiers able to say out loud, like, I, I dream about stuff that's happened to us. And I think as leaders, mm -hmm. we began to say, okay, what does empathy look like? Not, right. not old school empathy where it's, you walk a mile in somebody's shoes and you'll yeah. get it. Well, I, first of all, they don't even have the pair of shoes that they walked here in. So <laughs> how can I jump in those shoes? They don't even have them anymore. They can't put words around the, the yeah. experiences that have shaped them, that have pruned them, that have sharpened them um, to where they had a little edge on them. And what I say now, and again, um, I love Brene Brown's work, um, reading with our uh, church organization, The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm -hmm. And when she talks about uh, how do we experience authentic connection? It really, again, comes through that place of being able to hold the space for people to feel seen, heard, and valued. Mm -hmm. And I go even a step further is how are you showing that person that you appreciate the gift of them mm -hmm. and really just hold that space. It could be a brand new person to introduce to it's me and you meeting for the first time and just saying, Hey, I want to learn all about you. Mm -hmm. Tell me about you. Like don't leave anything out because mm -hmm. that's all of you. Um, and that, for, for it's a new thing for mm -hmm. a lot of people in organizations right. and what you probably already know but i really been i've been calling it for the last couple of years i've been calling what they call soft skills those are hard skills because they're missing <laughs> yeah. they're missing <laughs> <laughs> well they're hard skills because it you may not have those skill learns you haven't learned how to do it but it doesn't mean you don't have them it just means that now you have to show people or educate people that they already have them. Like you were saying earlier, it's digging deep um, and discovering that and having those necessary conversations and what you do with the leaders so that they can prepare to do it for their, all their employees, you know? So I hope that when you're working with this client that you're also going with them to have those hard conversations with all their employees because you would be the facilitator to help them uh, have those conversations, right? Definitely, because it, it comes to, um, again, I, we, uh, I love, again, I love that I, I had the opportunity to experience so much in the military. And there's this process where uh, we, when we did a permanent change of station and the leader, when you come into a new organization and you're replacing a person, uh, we have the process of right seat, left seat. Um, and so <laughs> when you're in the right seat, when you first show up, right, you're in the passenger seat, yeah. seat while they're driving, right? You're observing, you're taking your notes, um, and they're modeling, right? But then then comes your turn, right, where you have to get into the, the driver's seat, and they're in the left seat, and they're, they're watching, right? They're taking their notes. They're like, hey, uh, got, got some moment. Got, all right, I got some feedback for you, right? And I, because that environment was created where feedback was built in, nobody took now. You could take it and, and, and take it the wrong way as if, mm -hmm. oh, man, I'm going to do it my way. And I had those guys. I had those guys when I was leaving an organization. And three months later, they're calling me like, hey, how'd you get them to do what you needed them to do? I said, you said you got it. Why are you calling me now? Um, you didn't want anything to do with nothing I said to you. I said, I was trying to tell you. I've learned these soldiers and these civilians for the past several years. You didn't want to listen. Yeah. Um, but, but walking and, and I say partnering with organizations right. as they're going through this. Cause again, like you said, 
this may be a new thing for a leader who's been in their position for double digit years, yeah. 10 years, 20 years in leadership roles and nobody's ever, they haven't observed it and nobody's ever even said that it was a necessity to be able to do. And so right. now I'm fighting through all of those biases, but I'm taking the partner approach and I'm leading with, and to your, you asked the question before, like what, how did you really begin to have this conversation is to set an environment where they truly, truly believe it's non-judgmental. And, mm-hmm. I, and I, and I model curiosity, mm-hmm. right? And I'm careful with the word why, yeah. right? When you're, you're developing relationships, why attributes and, and can be connected to all oh, their questioning me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so being as a coach, being careful with how I use the word why, mm-hmm. and, and again, but using the what's and, and the how's and the, the whole open-ended questions, um, but we're reserving why from when we're really close right, right now. Help me understand. Why do you do it that way? Right? Yeah. Like those, those, those are when we're like, I'm whispering to you and like, why, why? But, but the other one's like, okay, so why, what, what makes this a thing? Like, okay. All right. How long has this process been in place? All right. Yeah. Where's, where's the data at on this, that, that this has been working out for you guys. Right. And it's just like, let me see it. All right. And it's, and I'm totally curious. I'm learning about you. I'm wanting to develop these mm-hmm. relationships. And, uh, but yeah, I love, I love creating those non-judgmental um, environments for people because let's be honest, people got to feel safe mm-hmm. when, when they're interacting with people. And the more, that they understand that I care about them, the more they'll begin to care about the process, right. uh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you pro- provide a different insight on that versus somebody else who might say, well, this is how my process is. So we all have our different processes, yet we can still learn from each other, right? So, and because you have a, a, a veteran background, you're having a different type of set of experiences versus somebody that came from over here, you know, or educational kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit um, about your services and how you like to work and who do you like to work with? Yeah, so uh, again, I do uh, coaching, uh, speaking and facilitating. And so the the way those boxes work is uh, individual or group coaching. Um, And again, those are what I call discovery sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, regardless of your position, I call myself a leadership and development coach. And all that means is I'm going to come into each and every session. Those are your sessions. And it doesn't have to be around any specific project or any specific outcomes. You set the, and we set the intention at the beginning of each session. That's how mm-hmm. I do coaching. Um, and the facilitating side of the house, I see that any topic as it pertains to organizational leadership and all its subsets and whether it's around culture and values, emotional intelligence, um, all about around self mastery um, and and all of that good stuff. When I do facilitating uh, frontline leader training, Mm -hmm. uh, middle management, upper level uh, leader training, that's all in that. And then the speaking uh, keynoting, uh, whether that's any topics around, uh, did my TEDx um, was follow the leadership law to, to action. Um, so I'm all, I'm a, I'm a be no do guy. It's a concept from the, the military. Um, but I'm all about at the end of the day, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So we can talk all day, but what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, and, and that's, that's me in a nutshell. And so how, how people find me is I'm on the internet all across the social media. Um, and, but 
I love to interact. I love individual learning sessions, um, learning about what makes you tick and the organizations I really love to partner with is those organizations, uh, I say small to medium, um, that believe they need support as it pertains to building uh, out their organizational language. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing that I pride myself in is having the ability to get it, uh, regardless of the level. Um, get it for, as it pertains to getting everybody on board with the direction we need to be going in mm-hmm. um, and understanding everybody has their lane. Um, there can be cross-training, there be cross-leveling, but when everybody gets in their lane, and they are moving, everybody moving in the same direction. Okay, we can work from there. We can yeah. really delve into everybody weaving in other lanes. But first, we have to get everybody heading in the same direction. Um, and so those organizations where uh, you you want to do that a little bit better or you have some leader development opportunities, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I would love to connect um, in that way. And again, whether that's executive coaching um, or just getting really clear around what the mission, vision, and purpose for things are. Um, that's right. what I love to work with. Right. Okay, cool. Great. Thank you very much, Lawrence. So um, everybody, if you want to reach out to Lawrence, you think you have some connection with him or you felt his energy and you felt that, hey, I could, we could work with him, reach out to him. Um, you can also find him on podcast.hardatworkonline.org. Um, he will have a post or a page there that you can reach out to him. You can have, and you can watch, rewatch this video um, there as well, the podcast there. And we're also on Anchor. So um, I guess really his impactful legacy is to help you grow and, and uh, your leadership team to be human. <laughs> so anyway, um, thank you for joining me today, Lawrence. I appreciate your time and energy today. And, um, so I've been ending my calls with, um, be kind to each other. That's, we all, that's all we have is each other and, uh, black lives do matter. So, um, thank you for today and, um, we'll chat with you very soon. I'm sure. Okay. Absolute take pleasure. care. Thank take you care. everybody. Okay. Bye-bye.